Okay, welcome to the second session of our series. Uh, we're looking at recovery issues. Uh, the first session had to do with um, getting started in recovery. We looked at different aspects of getting involved with recovery, um, things that uh, uh, were social interventions, aspects that were spiritual interventions, psychological interventions, uh, the whole mix. Um, that first attempt at the first uh, recording uh, had some some hiccups with it. The uh, the audio podcast uh, was full of coughing and hacking, and uh, not so great in that sense. The uh, video recordings for the YouTube uh, channel for Gracia Plena, Dr. Ken, uh, the audio, the video recordings failed the first two times, so the video part had to be recorded three times. Third time is the charm, I guess. Um, so we're, we're living and learning, and we press on uh, to try to bring this content to you so that it might possibly uh, be helpful. So last time, getting started in recovery. This time, we're going to look at making a plan for transformation, not, not just to make a, a minor temporary change, uh, but the beginnings of a plan for uh, a bigger transformation of, of the person. Uh, that will be deeper and hopefully longer lasting, right? So that's what we're heading for uh, today. Today's uh, presentation will not be <clears throat> nearly as long as last time. The, fir the first time was really a big overview, uh, so today's should be much briefer. Uh, as always, we want to begin with a, a brief pause uh, for a moment of stillness and quiet. Uh, this is where we are able to focus our attention. We're able to let go of distractions uh, in the silence and the stillness. We can allow God uh, to be present to us and we'll be present to God uh, in this, uh, which is always a good thing. So we're, we're going to clear, clear the path uh, in this way in just a brief moment of stillness and quiet. And so let us all pray together. You can join me. Holy Spirit, we call upon you now to join us in this hour in a special way. We ask for your wisdom and healing. Encourage and inspire us with clear thinking, understanding, and truth. And fill us with the deep and satisfying fire of your love. Amen. Okay, so... Uh, let's do, just do a quick uh, recap of, of recovery, what recovery is all about, and then we'll get to uh, making a plan. So what is recovery? People have different notions about recovery. Some people say recovery is going to counseling. Some people say uh, recovery is just changing behavior. Other people might say recovery is going to a 12-step meeting and so forth. There's different ideas, concepts, different versions of recovery, uh, and that's okay, but let's let's think a little bit about this. One way to view recovery is restoration to health or wholeness. 
restoration. Uh, so I'm being restored to a place of health or wholeness that I'm not currently in. And sometimes you might think in terms of uh, going back to normal or let me let me get back to being normal. And so that could be an aspect of it as well, right? Um, you can think of physical illness, you know, recovery from physical illness. So maybe I recover from having the flu. You know, I'm all sick with the flu for a couple of weeks. Uh, can't work, can't can't breathe well and so forth. Uh, and then I recover from the flu. Uh, and so I'm able to get back to work. I'm able to uh, to have good physical health, uh, you know, after having the flu, for example. Um, but you could also think in terms of recovery from uh, terrible events, disasters, like we had here in Houston a couple years ago, Hurricane Harvey. Uh, after Hurricane Harvey, people were talking about, let's recover from Hurricane Harvey, you know, as a whole city working together and so forth. You know, people recovering their their houses, their cars, and, and all kinds of things. So you could think of her uh, uh, recovery in that sense as well. Um, there is this temptation with the idea of recovery, let's get things back to where we might have been before, back to normal, like we said. Um, but, but there might be another way to approach that. There might be another way to think of this that um, perhaps maybe instead of just going back to that place, which may or may not have been so great, uh, what about thinking of recovery in terms of getting to a better place? Uh, sometimes uh, spouses will come talk to me after there's been infidelity in their relationship, right? It's very difficult to recover from that. And so uh, they they often will say to me, Dr. Ken, we just want to get our, our marriage back the way it was. And I kind of challenge them. I challenge them to think about that sometimes. And I might I might suggest to them, um, what if we try to get yourself, uh, get your you guys back to a marriage that was better than it was before? And so I explore that with them and talk with them about that possibility. Um, and so we might think of that uh, for us, maybe we want to get to a better place. Suffering is usually an invitation to something. Uh, it may be an invitation to something deeper, something better, something transformative. Um, often when we make uh, improvements and, uh, and spiritual growth when, when we get to a new spiritual level or spiritual depth, um, it's, it's been prompted by or involving suffering. And so we shouldn't be so afraid of suffering. Uh, we might look at what what is God possibly inviting me to in the midst of my affliction, my addiction, my suffering, uh, and perhaps that is part of my recovery. Um, we can think of recovery in a very broad sense, uh, not just uh, not just a specific thing, um, but but as, as something in terms of what it means to be human. Uh, being human, we're created and we're fallen and we're redeemed, restored, and and so we might think that all of us together, all humans, have this uh, sense of recovery from our sinfulness, from our fallen state. Uh, of course, Jesus. Uh, takes care of, of the uh, action of salvation on the cross for us and, and his blood. And, and, and so we, we want to connect with that. We want to uh, be drawn in uh, to this idea of recovery from our, our uh, sinful human state uh, that we're in before. Father Emmerich Vogt, a Dominican 
priest who's been very active in working in the 12-step community, the recovery community, um, he suggests this wonderful idea of, of all of us being in recovery in a sense, all humans, uh, that we get to join in into it in a sense together in his wonderful book called uh, Freedom to Love. Uh, so we can think of recovery in this uh, wonderful big way. Um, as, we're, as we're thinking about recovery, uh, it's important for us to have hope. Uh, hope is an essential aspect uh, as we, uh, become, we seek to become transformed through our suffering and uh, in the midst of our afflictions and addictions and, and issues. Uh, we want to have hope. We need to have hope. Um, and so I want to point you to some thoughts from this wonderful new, new book, this new book from Dr. Paul Vitz, uh, Divine Mercy University, and others there with him have been working on this Christian meta, meta model of the, of the human person for some time. And I want to just uh, give you three of the premises that they deal with in their, in their book. Uh, I think there's uh, a number of premises, but we're just going to look at the first three relevant to our idea of having hope. Um, so here's the first premise. Uh, the, per the human person has an essential core of goodness, dignity, and value. Uh, and seeks the flourishing of themselves and other people as well. This is the way an as aspect of our being created. Uh, this dignity and value is independent of age or any ability or anything else. It's just a part of our, our created nature uh, to have this dignity and value. Every person, every single person has dignity and value. Uh, rich, poor, black, white, young, old, doesn't matter. All of us have a, a human dignity and value, very important. Uh, such a core of goodness is foundational for a person to value life, develop morally, and to flourish. I like that idea of flourishing, that we're all designed, created to flourish. So this, this first premise has uh, to do with this notion of, of how the human person is created. Uh, and then we go to premise two, and so it begins like this. Uh, the person commonly experiences types of pain, suffering, anxiety, depression, other disorders in his or her human capacities and interpersonal relationships. So uh, this, this is part of what it means to be a human person is we have these common difficulties. We have these uh, things that happen to us. Um, people have varying levels of conscious and non-conscious distorted experience, which express that they do not respect and love themselves or others as they should. Uh, so these, these uh, things that happen to us, these afflictions, addictions, and so forth, uh, these interfere with our uh, perception of reality. They interfere with how we get along with others and ourself and God as well. Uh, so it says, moreover, they, they often do not live according to many of their basic values, even though they might want to, even though they might recognize that they have these values, uh, it becomes difficult for them to live in them, to live them out. And so uh, this second premise has to do with human nature being fallen. And that takes us to the third premise. The person with the help of others can find support and healing, correct harmful behaviors, and find meaning through reason and transcendence rising above, all of which bring about personal and interpersonal flourishing. There's that word again. In short, there is a basis for hoping for positive change in a person's life. 
through Jesus Christ, we are redeemed. And so that's the third premise. Uh, so the three premises from this uh, this Catholic Christian metal model of the person, uh, the first premise, we are created in a certain way. Uh, we are fallen, which many of us are well aware of, right? Uh, but we're also redeemed. And this third premise talks about hope, uh, the, the hope uh, for positive change in a person's life in our redeemed state. Uh, so I want to just kind of start off our talk today with that idea. Uh, so let's think. Let's think about uh, planning for for this uh, transformation, planning for this this deeper change. Um, and one of the considerations we might have is what leads up to this. Um, often we don't just jump into planning for change. We just don't dive in uh, to this idea of uh, I'm going to make this change right. Unless it's New Year's Eve. Sometimes on New Year's Eve we're ready to just dive in. And make this change without uh, without doing too much planning or preparing. But but let's think about what might what might uh, come to get us into this place. Um, so the first thing is we probably have to notice and accept there's something wrong uh, to recognize that there's something that needs to be changed in us. And that's really an important critical part because uh, I think the Holy Spirit helps illuminate uh, this in us. It helps to uh, reveal it to us. Um, sometimes, for whatever reason, this is hidden, covered from us, maybe even uh, through evil, we can't see it. So this noticing and accepting is really a, an important milestone in helping us be ready for change. Secondly, we might need to accept that there is a need for change. So sometimes seeing seeing that there's something wrong with me doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to do something about it, but that I want to do something about it. So. Uh, if I'm able to get to the place where I accept I need to make this change, that's another key milestone, perhaps also uh, the work of grace in our life to get to get to that point. Uh, third, we probably need to view God as the source of grace and healing uh, in order for us to be ready to make plans for change and transformation. That's kind of an essential element uh, in the preparation uh, for that. Uh, next, we need to examine our options. Uh, what are the options for making these changes and to discern among them, to choose among them wisely and carefully well, with some time and some thought and some input from others, perhaps uh, to choose the right path for us instead of just diving in, you know, sometimes without too much thought like we might do on uh, New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. Uh, so we might examine the options and discern uh, prayerfully, uh, carefully over time think about how we're going to approach this. Um, and then the next part is to form a plan, which you're going to focus on uh, today a bit. Um, and then after we form a plan and we get it in place and we're ready, then uh, really the key part of, of the beginning of the transformation uh, and change is to take action on a regular basis. That's how the change transformation happens, is through taking ac action ourselves in cooperation with God's work in us. So the first thing I want to uh, tell you about is, uh, if you haven't heard of this, uh, this idea of the three circles worksheet. Um, this first appeared in the literature of Sex Addicts Anonymous many years ago. Uh, it's, it's spread to other places. You, you stumble across it in different places. Uh, but SAA made good use of this idea of the three circles. And I think it be, can be so helpful 
regardless of what issues we might be struggling with, whether it's it's uh, gambling or food or drugs or alcohol or sex or um, any any issues uh, that might that we might want to address uh, and focus on. So here here's how the three circles works. You can see that uh, red, yellow, green kind of diagram uh, at the top there. That's what we're talking about. So first, let's start with the red inner circle. Uh, sometimes it's referred to as bottom line behaviors. Um, on the worksheet, we clearly define what our target is. So if we're dealing with sexual issues, you know, perhaps in the inner circle we put um, no pornography of of any type. You know, um, we're just gonna we don't you know that's our target. We're gonna stay away from that. Maybe we put masturbation there. No masturbation of any type. Um, maybe we put uh, something like um, uh, no no donuts, right? So you know, donuts are off limits. That's my bottom line. No donuts. That that maybe not be a great example. Um, no cigarettes. No chewing tobacco. Uh, I think you get the idea. No scratch off tickets. Uh, so we're defining, and it may be several things. We're clearly defining what the target is, what the goal is, um, things that are off limits. Bottom line, am I accomplishing my goals or not? Uh, the the second uh, ring is the yellow middle circle that's around the red circle. These are the kinds of behaviors that are slippery slope behaviors that might get us into trouble uh, leading up to the red inner circle behaviors. So um, if I if I go to the grocery store, and that's usually where I buy my cigarettes, then um, going to the grocery store might be something that I list in my yellow middle circle uh, behaviors uh, to, to kind of indicate, okay, here in this situation, I need to be really careful. When I go to the grocery store, I have to be super careful that I, that I don't end up over at the cigarette rack getting the cigarettes. Um, here's another example. Um, when I, uh, when I uh, take, take a deviation from my drive home uh, or my drive to work, let's say, in the morning, if I, if I go a different direction, my drive to work so that I can go by the donut shop, um, then I'm in a yellow circle, dangerous, slippery slope behavior because I'm, I'm kind of on the way to getting the donuts. Even though I'm not there yet, I haven't bought them, haven't eaten them, um, that could be a dangerous thing. Uh, here's another example. If I'm on the internet and I'm just surfing the web with no particular place to go, that can be big slippery slope trouble that can... Uh, allow me to be tempted over into the pornography sites um, before I know I've drifted over there. And so I know that if I go on the internet with no particular reason, nothing to do, wasting time, that might be a yellow slippery slope behavior. It should send up alarms. It should send up warning signals for me uh, to get out of there uh, so that I don't fall and uh, violate my bottom line behaviors, right? Uh, so that how we define those yellow middle circle slippery slope uh, thoughts, feelings, issues. Uh, it, could, it could be that one of my uh, middle circle things is a, a, a feeling, an emotion. So if I'm really angry, maybe I put that in my yellow middle circle because being angry triggers me to smoke or eat or drink or something. Uh, maybe it's boredom. Uh, I put boredom in my middle circle because if I'm bored or lonely, maybe that's when I 
uh, am tempted to violate my uh, bottom line behaviors. So these could be thoughts, they could be feelings, they could be behaviors, they could be places, they could be people that I hang out with. Um, all kinds of things can go on this middle circle, this yellow middle circle. Very helpful to know them uh, and to uh, pay attention to those things. Uh, third, we have the green outer circle behaviors. And in, in this uh, section, uh, we want to put thoughts, behaviors, uh, emotions that are life-giving. They're full of grace for us. They're the things that um, keep us away from the red inner circle behaviors. Notice the green is farthest away from the red. Um, so these are healthy things, life-giving things. So perhaps in the outer green circle, we put things like prayer, um, hanging out with uh, good friends. Um, maybe it's exercising. Maybe it's going to see my counselor or my spiritual director. Uh, maybe it's going to mass. Maybe it's going to confession. Um, there can be a lot of wonderful green things. Maybe it's uh, feelings of peace and serenity uh, make, make, uh, leave me in a good place. Um, maybe it's uh, writing a gratitude list. Uh, maybe that's something in my green outer circle behaviors that keep me in a healthy, good place. Um, so we want to have a good list of those things in the green outer circle on our three-circle worksheet. Um, so here's how this works. If, if I find myself in the green, in the yellow middle circle, in the slippery slope area, then it should set off these alarms in my head. Uh, my guardian angel kicks me, and uh, maybe I say, okay, I gotta get to the green outer circle. I gotta, I gotta escape over there, get myself to a better place as quickly as possible. Um, if, if we linger, if we stay and play in the yellow middle circle behaviors, then we, we increase the temptation, and sometimes we're already sinning uh, at that point a near occasion of sin, right? Sometimes we're already sinning before we get to the red inner circle behaviors. Um, as we're doing an examination of conscience at the end of the day, uh, we can uh, consider our red inner circle bottom line behaviors. We can ask ourselves, how did I do at the end of the day? Did I stay away from these things? And if so, um, I can rejoice, give thanks to God, uh, thanks to my guardian angel, and say, you know, I... I I ran the race well today, uh, I crossed the finish line, and I'm going to bed with a sense of peace and joy uh, that these things were not part of my life today, the things that I'm, I'm trying to stay away from. Um, so this, this is how we make good use of the three circles. Now, one of the questions comes up, can I change my three circles? So after you, after you fill out your worksheet, it's a good idea to consult with somebody and uh, review it with a counselor, uh, a mentor, maybe it's your sponsor in your 12-step uh, program, spiritual director, good friend, um, and, and you get feedback from them on it. They might help you make adjustments with it, and you get it into a good place, and then you, you know, take off uh, your, your, uh, your, you know, the, the, uh, you're going, okay, I'm starting. Um, and so as, as you go through the days and the weeks and the months, um, you may recognize some things. So you might, you might realize, oh, wow, uh, here's another red circle bottom line behavior that I feel this temptation, even if I haven't fallen and acted out on it. Uh, I think I need to put it into my red inner circle. 
And so then we go back to our sponsor, our counselor, our friend, Pierre, and, and we say, I think I need to add this into my inner circle. And, and then uh, the person talks with us about that and says, yes, I agree. Let's put that in your inner circle. Same thing with the yellow middle, cir middle circle. Um, you might recognize some things that need to go in there as you have experience working in recovery. You learn things. Always happens. Uh, and so you say, okay, I'm going to add these things to my yellow, yellow middle circle behavior. And so, again, you consult with someone else to make sure you're thinking uh, correctly and wisely about this. So you make your adjustments. Um, and so you can make adjustments to your three circles over time a little bit as long as you're consulting with somebody else not just willy-nilly making changes. Um, we, we should be very careful about taking something out of the red inner circle. Uh, we, we really want to be careful we're not playing games with ourselves in our head uh, or being tempted uh, by doing that. So we have to be careful uh, as we make adjustments to the three, three circles. It's not unusual, but we should be careful and cautious about how we do that. Um, I have a a, a three circles of blank diagram that you can use to fill in your own information. Uh, it's on our Grazia Plano website. Uh, there's a little uh, reference to recovery worksheets, uh, and there's two for today that we'll put in there. And I have the link in just a bit um, for you to be able to go to our website to look for the list of resources uh, and then uh, scroll down that list of resources under the resources for uh, chastity until you see recovery worksheets, the three circles uh, diagram. So let's talk about a plan now. Um, I like I like this idea of the SMART plan. Uh, this came from the business world, actually, uh, back in the 80s. This guy in the, in the uh, journal Management Review uh, wrote about how to develop SMART business plans uh, to set goals in the business world. And now these smart plans uh, can be applied to other, all kinds of other things, including counseling plans, recovery plans, and so forth. So let's look at S-M-A-R-T. Uh, so the S stands for specific. So in a good plan, uh, we specify exactly what it is uh, that we're going to do uh, so that we know, the define, we know the goal is defined. So, uh, for example, specific plan might be um, to exercise by walking outdoors or on the treadmill. Uh, so that's pretty specific uh, behavior, right? Uh, so the M stands for measurable. Um, so maybe we're planning to exercise by walking outdoors or on a treadmill daily, every day, for 30 minutes minimum. Uh, and so that, that defines what it is that we're going to do um, and this will be very important because later we want to be able to look back uh, at what we defined in our plan to see if we had accomplished it or not, to, to review it and say, how are we doing? That's why we talk about making it measurable, um, achievable. A good plan uh, will be something that we can actually do. So um, if I have a hard time walking, if I've, if I've got a problem with my knee, um, maybe I just haven't walked much, and so 30 minutes would just be completely unreasonable for me to do. So that, so that wouldn't make sense. That wouldn't be achievable for me to put, I'm going to walk every day for 30 minutes. Um, so I probably should adjust that so that my goal is achievable. 
Um, otherwise, I'm setting myself up for failure. Uh, and so, so far we have specific, measurable, achievable, SMA. The R stands for relevant. Uh, that means it applies to me. Um, so if if I um, if I if I made some kind of a plan up to do something strange that doesn't have any application to me or it's really not something that I want, then it wouldn't be relevant, and so it's not likely that I'll do it. Not likely that I'll achieve it or accomplish it. So is is my uh, desire to walk for 30 minutes? Is that relevant to me? And I, I might say, yes, I need to exercise for my emotional and physical health. And so, yes, this uh, idea of walking has to do with, with me, uh, Dr. Ken. Uh, the next one is the T. So specific M, S, uh, measurable M, achievable A, relevant R. Uh, T is time-based. Uh, and so I specify uh, when I'm going to do this over the next two months. So here, here is my uh, one element of my plan. I'm going to exercise by walking outdoors or on a treadmill daily for 30 minutes minimum. Uh, this is something that I can achieve. My, I believe that my body can handle that. Uh, it's relevant to me personally, um, and I need to do it, uh, and I'm going to try to do this for the next two months. So this is S-M-A-R-T. This is something that we might put in our recovery plan, just as an example. Um, later on, I'm going to come back to my plan, maybe in a couple of months or so, and I'm going to be able to ask myself, okay, so Ken, did you walk for 30 minutes a day uh, on most days? And so I'll be able to say, yes, I did that, or no, I didn't quite do that. And and, um, and so if I, if I did accomplish my goal, then maybe I might say, okay, good, let's bump it up a notch, let's move it up to 45 minutes a day. Um, or maybe I just say, okay, well, 30 minutes is good, let's keep that. Uh, maybe I'll say, if I, if I wasn't able to do 30 minutes, then maybe I'll readjust and I'll say, well, let's, let's make it 30 minutes Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and let's try to do that. Um, we, can, we can make adjustments to our plan for the next period uh, so that we can be successful and hit hit our uh, hit our goals for for good health and good recovery. Um, so after some period of time, you come back to your plan um, and you check it out how it went. You may you may even review it with a friend, uh, somebody that you're going to be accountable to, um, and you're going to talk about how it went. Um, and so you think, did it? Did I walk for 30 minutes a day? Uh, should I change that? Make my adjustments? Um, and consult with a friend as you do these things uh, so that you don't, you're not tricking yourself, you're not playing games with yourself so that you can be accountable. Talk with your counselor, your spiritual director, your, your sponsor, and so forth about uh, your plan and reviewing, revising your plan. Um, plans, plans should change and be revised as you go through the recovery process so that you can shoot for uh, your different goals. Uh, so think of the SMART aspects of your plan. Um, I have a blank plan worksheet. It's a part of that uh, spot on our website under uh, About Us and then the list of resources you'll find uh, under the, the resources for Chastity. You'll see uh, Recovery Worksheets. You'll see the Three Circles Worksheet and you'll see the Personal Change Plan. Uh, you can download both of those and fill them in either on paper or on the computer. One is a, a 
a Word document and one is an Excel document. You're welcome to use those for your own uh, for your own work. Um, adjust your content over time. Um, this is another way. If you're looking at the video, uh, here is a, a, a QR code. You can point your your phone camera at this, and it will take you to that resources page on our website uh, where you can find those uh, documents and other resource other resources, uh, reading materials and websites for chastity if that's the thing that you're working on. There's also some COVID resources under that. Uh, that uh, page on our website. So uh, in terms of planning for transformation, the planning is an important piece uh, of our recovery process. It's just one piece, it's not the whole piece, it's just a piece. Um, and so uh, it's important in our planning, ask God for the specific changes, actions, thoughts, behaviors, emotions. Um, when you pray and ask God for these things, um, don't just make it kind of like a warm, fuzzy, oh, God, help me change, uh, although that's okay, too. Um, but you might think about, for example, Bartimaeus. You know, Jesus Jesus asked Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And, and Bartimaeus says from the depths of his heart, Lord, I want to see. And so Jesus heals his blindness. And so we can be specific as we approach God. God, I, I want to stop smoking. God, help me to stay away from gambling, uh, those scratch-off tickets or whatever. So ask for God specifically for what it is that you're trying to change, those things that are in your plan, those things that are on your three circles diagram. Uh, and then have faith in God. Uh, believe that God can bring this healing to you. Be confident in him. Recognize his power um, and his desire to bring you this healing. Share and involve some trusted friends, peers, mentors. As I've been saying, you know, as you as you develop your three circles, as you develop your uh, your personal change plan uh, for transformation, get other people involved that you trust that can support you and encourage you uh, and challenge you uh, to be the best version of yourself. Uh, and then take action regularly. Those things that you put in your plan this action step, this action step, this action step, uh, this goal, I'm working on this goal, this goal. Uh, take action regularly on these things. Um, don't overdo it with your plan. You might see this worksheet and you go like, oh yeah, I'm so encouraged. I'm going to make this huge, enormous plan to change all this stuff in my life. Don't overdo it. Probably most plans you can target a couple of things at a time over a two or three month period. So uh, don't be too ambitious. It's better to be successful and start slow, and then you can build up steam as you go. Um, do not be afraid of imperfection, of, of, of missing the mark. Um, don't be afraid of uh, not doing it perfectly. Uh, that will get in the way of your transformation, so focus on progress, not perfection. Um, and when you find that you're making progress, give thanks to God for that. Always give thanks for any positive changes you're seeing uh, and give him credit and glory for that. If you fall, get back on the horse quickly, as we say in Texas. Um, you, you fall down on, the, uh, you say you overeat one day and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I just trashed my diet this day, my, my diet plan. Uh, get back on the next very next meal. Um, don't get discouraged. See what you can learn from your falls. Get going right away uh, back into that action 
revise your plan if you need to, your three circles if you need to, consult your uh, your colleagues for help, your supporters, and get back on as soon as you can. Uh, so I hope you've enjoyed uh, thinking about these uh, today. If you're listening on the pad, podcast, you might be able to find the video on YouTube uh, for Dr. Ken and Grazia Plena uh, that has the same content, and, and you can see the PowerPoint that we're using here. Um, hopefully these things will be useful to you. Um, as we finish, let's wrap up with a prayer, and we'll talk about what we're doing next time. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who roam throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Very good. So next time, uh, the next presentation, the next session, uh, we're going to talk about overcoming obstacles to recovery. Um, so it's very entirely possible, very common, um, that we will put obstacles in our own recovery. And you think, why in the world would we do such a thing? It's human nature for us to have some, some psychological obstacles. Um, and also our, our spiritual warfare, there may be obstacles getting thrown at us from that, that angle too. Uh, so we might think next time about some of the obstacles to our recovery and transformation. We'll uh, look at that in the next episode. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, we're showing you now on the video a, uh, a QR code that links to our Grazia Plana donation payment page. Uh, if you're going to the website, you'll find it in the Join Us uh, link, I believe. Uh, we want you to know that Grazia Plana is a 501c3 faith-based nonprofit charity. We don't charge for access to these videos, but if you want to chip in 5 or $10 because this content is helpful to you or you want to see it spread to others, um, feel free to uh, make a credit card donation or send us a check in the mail. It's fine, too. Uh, and feel free to share these podcasts, these videos with others that you think might be interested in them. Uh, so thank you for tuning in today. Look forward to seeing you uh, next time for the next installment. Take care. God bless you. Bye-bye.